You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield. Exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. Joel Klatt, <laughs> presented by Audi Flatirons, joins us now. Good morning, Joel. What's up? How are you guys? Good, how are you? We're doing good. You, you, What would you call a four, um, foursome, like a great four, like four players that... Do you, do you have a term for that? Uh, tea time? <laughs> Boom! Boom! I told you. I told uh, you right. Joel was right. smarter than why, me. Why did I ever doubt you, you Mark, or Joel? Right. You're right. You're right. It's a tea time. Yeah. I, I mean, it. it's either a tea time or the wolf pack. But, you know, yeah. we're the three best friends that anybody yeah. ever had. We're the three best friends <laughs> that anybody ever had. Uh, hey, Joel, do you remember when uh, the Broncos used to get up and uh, play hard for the Raiders when that was a rivalry? You remember that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Growing up, uh, I looked forward to the Raider game more than anything else other than Colorado playing Nebraska. Um, and that was pitiful. Absolutely pitiful. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was mad. I turned into a fan. I pride myself in not turning into the emotional fan. And there I was screaming at the overpaid secondary for all the big plays that they continually give up now. Been a huge issue throughout the month of October. Screaming at, at all these guys. And I'm like, what do we pay you for? Uh, so there I was. There I was. That's what they did to me. They they boiled me down into the emotional fan. That That's what I was on Sunday. All right. Do you see a team that is starting to or has turned out, uh, tuned out its head coach and coaching staff? Listen, I'm not, I, I just, I'm, <laughs> uh, this is going to sound negative. I've never been a big believer in this coaching staff. Um, Pat Shermer is, is just a recycled coach, right? Like, I mean, he's, he's in the, He's in the dryer of, of the NFL coaching circuit where he's just going to continue to get tumbled around and around and around, and it is what it is. And so I think if, if we're all expecting him to all of a sudden um, develop new stripes, I think that that's shame on us probably. Having said that, you know, I, I don't know what you can do when it's players that are getting beat or turning the ball over. If you lose the explosive – um, uh, equation, and if you lose the turnover battle, you're going to lose. I thought Denver was the better team. They almost uh, outgained Oakland. They had far more first downs, and they turned the ball over, and they gave up explosive plays. And that's kind of like that's where the game gets boiled back down to. Um, and for a secondary, this is not just like a secondary that's like, boy, we thought we were going to be better in the secondary. It's the most expensive secondary in the league by – like, I, I think I read by like 20 million bucks. It's not even close. So to have this continually show up this, this month in particular in these three losses, I think is, it's maddening for fans. I'm sure, listen, I know that there are a lot of people that, you know, they, they think that it's all snark and everything like that. But when I'm talking about these, you know, bash your head against the wall, big plays that are being given up, all of you are nodding along with me right now. If you're a Bronco fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Why does that happen in the secondary? Why, like, Gosh, you, why do you put your put your finger on on the big plays that have been given up? Why? 
I think that it's always a combination of things. I, Mark, it can be blown coverages, and there have been that, right? Just a, a pure missed assignment. Yes. Um, there are just lost one-on-one battles, and then there are guys that I don't think are great at the moment of truth, right? When I, I call it the catch point, right? Like, you've got to be great at the catch point. It doesn't matter what you do anywhere else. There is a moment of truth as a defensive back, and it's you or him. And I feel like the the Broncos lose a lot of those moment of truth battles. Doesn't it feel that way to you? Again, I don't. I'm trying not to be a, mom, a, a an emotional fan, but I think it's a combination of those things. We've seen missed assignments, but we also see that a lot of these players get beat individually, and that's hard to rant on the coaching staff because you're like, well. Is that a coach's problem? Is that a player's problem? But then you start to think to yourself, well, if it's a player's problem, do you need to give that player help? Well, if you give a corner a help or some defensive back help, you've got to steal that away from other parts of your defense. So then all of a sudden you're not defending the run quite as well or or, or you can't pressure the quarterback quite as well. So I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. But those two things, the missed assignments are maddening and then – when you just get beat as an individual at the moment of truth, I think that that's equally as frustrating. I I thought for me, Joel, the thing that was the most disappointing was a lack of competitiveness. And right. there was every 50-50 ball, be, there, be it defensively or offensively, the Raiders out-competed the Broncos for the ball. And then Teddy, uh, Teddy Bridgewater's second interception, he was throwing it to, uh, he was throwing it to Cortland Sutton. It gets picked off and Cortland Sutton, I mean, he should have had a, a old West holster on with two flashlights and turned them on the play so you could see it better. Cause he just stopped and watched as the return happened. And people said, well, you know, he blew out his knee chasing interception last year. I don't care. I, that's your responsibility. That's part of playing football. And I just was like, I walked out of that from being watching that game when I got home Sunday night after calling my game, I went from being upset and angry initially watching that game to just being like a, a disappointed father. You know how your father used to look at you yeah. and kind of shake your head and go, I'm just disappointed in you guys. Oh, far uh, too often. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, you often. and me both. <laughs> that's just where I am with that. And that, I, that I competition agree. issue and, and was an issue the for thing me. That's frust- the thing that's frustrating in, in terms of the lack of, of effort is that that's completely controllable. There are things that are out of your control, right? Like even some 50-50 situations, you can give maximum effort, do everything in your power and still get beat sometimes. That's, and, and I think that, that fans and even coaches have to be like, that's understandable. But, but when you're not giving effort, you have to boil it back down to that's genuinely the, the only thing that you have control over, complete control over, is your own effort level. So when you don't give 100% effort, basically what you're saying is that you don't care. And, and, and that's, that's a really bad place to be. And I, and I think that the, the whole like, oh, that's, that's an injury took place like that, tell that to Terrell Davis because, you know, that guy was chasing down the, the Miami player, I forget who it was, you know, when he, when he blew out his knee, but why was he doing it? Because that's football. You give a hundred percent effort. I, I, I just, I cringe at, at the, at the thought of a guy 
making those type of decisions real time on the field. And and if I was a teammate of someone like that, I, I would be furious. It's not just like, oh, he's got to make business decisions. No, no, no. Business decisions are off the field decisions because once you're on the field, your decisions and your effort level, they're affecting the other 52 guys and the coaching staff and all of those families. Because the fact remains that it doesn't matter what your contract status is. It's the team's performance that ultimately saves or gets jobs for everybody as a whole, as a collective. And so when guys are making those individualized decisions, I think that it can create a huge wedge within the locker room. And generally teams with great leadership don't have guys that are making those types of quote unquote business decisions on the field because every quality team, every team, whether it's a college level or the NFL level, genuinely gives great effort because they can control that. Again, that's the only thing that you have complete control over. You're driving to work right now. The only thing you have complete control over today is your own effort level. Your boss might suck. He might suck. He might be forcing you to talk about things that you might not want to talk about, guys. Wink, wink. But the, the point is the only thing you have control over is your own effort level. Visitor Joe Clapp presented by Audi Flatirons. Where are you at right now? Coming off a performance in which you turned it over four times, where are you at right now with Teddy Bridgewater? I, I think it's pretty clear that he's not 100% healthy. I still maintain that he's, he gives you the best chance to win. He's the better option. Drew Locke is a known commodity. This is a guy that has not improved. Everybody that's dying for Drew Locke, I, I, I don't understand it at all. You want to be different just to be different rather than change to be better? Um, I think Teddy is still your best option. And, and if you can continue to put him in better situations, then that's what it's got to be. I, I thought that the interceptions were, were disappointing. The turnovers are disappointing, but that's not something that has been his nature in his career. And so I do believe that that was more of a one-off. And I think that if he's healthy enough, he still needs to be the quarterback of the Broncos. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, Moving forward, playing on Thursday night, a beat up Cleveland. What, 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 are you, what are your expectations rolling after the game you saw Sunday? Your expectations going forward with the, the Broncos on Thursday night against Cleveland? Gosh, I, I mean, I don't know. Cause it, if you showed any signs of life in the last three, you would think, okay, you've got to take care of Cleveland. Even though Cleveland, I think is a quality team. They're so beat up running back tackle, you know, Baker's basically playing injured that you've got to go win that game. If you're worth your salt at all, this is, this is one of the, just like last week, I told you, I thought that the pressure was all on the Broncos because the loss under those circumstances with Gruden being fired and everything calls into question everything. Well, this is the same scenario. If you can't beat a really beat up Cleveland team, then you have no business thinking that you've built a playoff roster, period. And I don't really care where your injury levels are. That That's just the nature of where we're at right now. If Denver wants to claim that they've done enough in building this franchise and this organization and this roster to go to the playoff, to go to the playoffs, sorry, I always use college language, the, the playoffs, then you've got to beat Cleveland when they're decimated on a Thursday night on a short week. Let's talk some college football. Ed Orgeron stepping down at LSU surprise you? Yeah, I mean, stepping down, forced out. Uh, Oh, forced out, really? Oh, absolutely. Um, He was basically basically fired. Really? Um, What have you done for me lately, huh? 
Well, that's exactly right. And and LSU is one of those jobs that's such a great job. I mean, it's a great job. Each of the last three head coaches have won national championships at LSU. You can go there and you can win big. I think that the only problem with the job is that they have some they have some unrealistic expectations based on what they've seen from their division brethren, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and they feel like they should be Alabama. And what everyone down there doesn't realize at LSU or other places, because Florida now all of a sudden is talking about Dan Mullen and, oh, this is not working with Dan Mullen. And what they fail to realize is that the, the, the run that Alabama is on right now in the last 12 years, six national championships in 12 years, is it, it's a unicorn. Like, this is the greatest run in the history of the sport. You're not going to compete at that level. Now, hopefully you can beat Alabama at some point, but he won a national championship. And while he has not been great outside of that year, I do find it odd that we're going to continue to go out there and pay $16 million for guys not to coach. I think that that's it's wild. It's wild to me. And I think that the expectations of certain fan bases are way out of line with the reality of where they need to be. Who do you think takes his place? Well, I think they'll probably go after Mark Stoops, um, who's doing a heck of a job at Kentucky. I think that they'll probably make a run at Jimbo Fisher, although I don't know why, because he hasn't done anything after the national championship to Florida State, and you would have to pay him $10 million because he's making nine at Texas A&M, and you're going to have to buy him out of that contract, which is going to cost you probably $50 million bucks. So it's, it, it, it's interesting. There's a few names out there of younger guys um, that have done a nice job. I think that you've got to be aware of a guy like Matt Campbell, who is in not a great season, but has built a, a very good program at Iowa State. And, and Matt Campbell's a guy that you could go after. They're talking about going after potentially Mel Tucker, who everybody at Colorado knows will leave at the drop of a hat. So you could maybe get him after a couple of years Ooh, there at Michigan little, State. A little, little sensitive Ooh. feelings there came through, right. but okay, keep going. And I think that Jeff uh, Jeff Halfley, the head coach at Boston College, would also be a guy that you could potentially go after. Uh, you could get the Washington State coach. Uh, he's he's available <laughs> right now. He is available, he is available. and I think he would he would fit at LSU. You know, I don't think he would run into the same issues that Probably he not. into. Probably in the not. Pacific Northwest uh, down there at LSU. Hey, who you, who you got this? They'd probably, they'd probably pay him more yeah. for his chance. <laughs> who you got this weekend? Um, I just blanked. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Michigan Northwestern. Oh, oh you, how was your last exchange your visit with uh, Jim Harbaugh a couple weeks ago. How'd that go? It was fine. I mean, it's always awkward. <laughs> sometimes you, you just get into a staring contest. <laughs> Did you have one of those? Like, well, sometimes you ask him a question and he just like kind of stares at you as if you didn't, he didn't hear you. And my, my whole deal is like, rather than repeat the question, I just make it awkward back. <laughs> if, if, if you have, if you have someone in your life at work that like is just awkward, uh-huh. Just increase the level of awkwardness. I love this. Back. I love this. Yes. It's an amazing strategy. Why should it's you make allowances? Right. Strategy. Why should you make allowances? Right. Yeah. I'm like, like, I'm sorry. Is this a contest? I'm in then, and I'm gonna win. Sharing <laughs> contest. You me now. <laughs> which, which, which leads to this. Uh, we I got this. It. We got this text. I love this text. Uh, somebody says, "Can I be Joel Clatt for just one day, please?" What's it like to be Joel Clatt, Joel? 
I mean, a lot of your welcomes thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a jerk. Just Richard Nine. Yeah, just, just nice. Richard just Nine. Just Richard Nine. Just living life oh, as Richard boy. Nine. Uh, you know? You know what, though? It's good work. It's good work if you can get. I always say I'd like to just be Colin Cowherd for one day because not everything is good in Colin's world. Yeah. Right. I mean, and then we'd all make more, which would be uh, that would be that would be fun. That would be very fun. Try it today, though. All of you, (laughs) like if you get into an awkward exchange or someone's acting a little crazy, just fight whatever you're getting with a little more of what you're getting. So if you're getting awkwardness. Throw a little awkwardness back. Yeah. You're getting a little bit of, of crazy, you know, from maybe your significant other. I don't know. It could be that. But just throw a little back. Just throw a little crazy right back at them. And then it's just like, bam! It hits them in the face, and then it's almost like they understand how awkward they're making it. And then it smooths yeah. everything over. It's amazing. Hey, just Joel. stare right back at, yeah. at Harbaugh. And then he looks at you, and he's like, oh, then, hey. Then he's the one that's uncomfortable. All of a sudden, he gets uncomfortable. It's like it's that's like right. the late, great James Street once told me. Love James Street. One of the great Hudson people. Street, Hudson Street. Uh, Houston Street's father. Houston, Houston. Yeah. yeah. James Street once told me, there's always a game going on. And if you don't know what it is, you're probably it. <laughs> right? So true. Oh, gosh. So and that is exactly what you're talking about. Hey, man. No start doubt. competing. I love it. I love it. Start competing, boys. Start competing. All right, Michigan. Jim Harbaugh. We'll uh, we'll get the uh, Harbaugh update coming up uh, next I, week. By the way, speaking speaking of awkwardness, next week I've got Michigan, Michigan State. <gasps> oh, oh, you and Mel, man. Well, yeah. the good news is Mel Can I might tell be. Tell you a quick story. Yeah, go Can ahead. Tell you a quick story. All right. So again, fight awkward with awkward. I was in a coach's meeting and <clears throat> with Todd Graham of the uh, when he was at Arizona State. And he had just left Pittsburgh in, like, the middle of the night. And he was giving us this whole spiel, blah, blah, blah. I care so much about the kids, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I was just kind of like, uh, like, I hate being sold as if I'm a 16-year-old gullible kid in a living room. It's like, I've been around the block. Like, just tell me about your team, please. And we're, we're in person with him. And I kind of like, I start getting a little sick of it. And he's talking about, Hey, you know, we're training them and, and they're asking us to strain them and, and they ask us to be hard and discipline them and all this and all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, like I'm whatever. And finally, I just kind of get fed up and I just kind of sit back and I throw my pen down <laughs> on the table and, and he kind of like looks up at me. And then it's like the awkward, like, did you just, throw your pen down and disgust at what I'm saying. And he's staring at me. And so I'm staring at him right back, just lasered in on his eyeballs. Again, making it as awkward as I can. And I was like, hey, I've got a question, Todd. How does all this jive with how you just left Pittsburgh? What would those players say? And? And I mean, you want to talk about, like, cutting the room with a knife. All of a sudden, it was like three-month-old cottage cheese, just like stinky and thick. And and he's staring back at me, and I am not going to move my eyes. I am like, I made it awkward. I get it. And I'm just gritting my teeth and staring. And he goes, everybody makes mistakes. We done here? Gets up, leaves the room. And I was like, <laughs> we're a chicken dinner. Well... 
as much as I can't wait to hear your exchange with uh, Midnight Mel, there's a good chance he'll be gone by next week. So uh, <laughs> you probably miss out on that opportunity. All right, Joel. Great stuff, as always, pal. We'll talk to you next week. See you, boys. Have a good one. Joel Klatt. There you go, folks. You want to know what it's like to be Joel Klatt for a day? You just got a pretty good idea over the last yeah, 20 taste. minutes. Joel presented by Audi Flatirons. Usually a lot to unpack with Joel, but no, we got Troy Rank joining us. Coming up next, Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com.